Hey everybody, W. Kamal Bell here. I'm backstage at the New Parish in Oakland right before our next Kamal Right Now show. Joining me tonight is Fabiana Rodriguez, Francesca Fiorentini, and Meryl Garbus of Tune Yards. And we have the pulsating sounds of Natronics in the house. If you live in the Bay, come out for a live show sometime soon. Our next one is Thursday, August 17th at Laney College in Oakland, California. And if you can't make it, catch us on the radio or in your podcast feed. You can find all the details about tickets and how to subscribe to the podcast at KALW.org. This is also where you can listen live. All right, I think I hear my name. Good people of Oakland, please welcome W. Kamau Bell. Yeah! What's up? Welcome to Kamau right now on KALW! Tonight we're broadcasting live from the new parish in beautiful Oakland, California. Our musical guest is Natronics. Give it up for Natronics! This show is all about what's happening right now. We have some very special guests to help us with that. Uh, first, we, before we get started, give it up for yourselves for coming out of the house. You're real people out of the house. As we talked about earlier, before we started the recording, black people went outside on OJ Day. I, uh, it's, the struggle is real, everybody. <laughs> I tweeted earlier today, black people, be prepared for all the conversation from random white people. What do you think about that OJ thing? <laughs> oh my God, I'm in a time warp. <laughs> We're going to talk about that and lots of other things. I'm going to bring our panel right up right away because there's so much to discuss. And also we have an incredible, amazing panel tonight. We have artist activist Fabiana Rodriguez. Journalist, comedian, and activist, Francesca Fiorentini. And the woman behind the musical project, Tune Yards, Meryl Garbus. Give it up for all three of them. And at Kamau right now, we want to hear from you listening on the radio. Uh, and in the audience right here at the New Parish, as we say, tweet your thoughts, questions, and concerns to us directly at Kamau right now. Use the hashtag, K hashtag K-A-M-A-U-N-O-W, reading how to spell my name again. And if you, are in, if you hear disembodied voices, you're not dead. That's We have our social media team of Becca Hookster and Maya Janelle. Give it up for them sitting over here. Hey, Kamau. And like I said, we're going to get the show started. Also, special guests, my daughters are in the house. Yeah. So if you get depressed by what we're talking about, just look at all that adorableness up there, people in the house. That'll make you feel better, unless you're really racist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is weird for me to say in front of my daughters. Yeah, you're right, everybody. You're right about that. Sammy and Juno! And let's get this show started. We have some amazing guests. My first guest is an interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary artist and cultural organizer. She serves as co-founder and executive director of Culture Strike, a national arts organization that engages artists in immigrants' rights and climate change. She is a recipient of the Robert Rauschenberg Artist as Activist Fellowship. She is focused on projects that help end mass incarceration. Please welcome, uh, she can't do anymore, everybody. Give it up for Fabiana Rodriguez. <laughs> I 
Fabiana, you're kind of like three guests already. I mean, <laughs> we have more show, but thank you. Good for Fabi. Our next guest is a comedian, host, and producer of the show Newsbroke on AJ Plus, the digital outlet of Al Jazeera Media Network. Yep, there we go. Somebody. I said Al Jazeera, here we go. She's a field correspondent with Explorer on National Geographic Channel, and she's a comedian who has performed at SF Sketchfest. Please welcome Francesca Fiorentini. Welcome, Francesca. My last guest began the musical project's Tune Yards almost a decade ago. As she tell it, she still doesn't know how to answer when someone asks what kind of music she makes. She has the pleasure of sharing Tune Yards with our musical guest, Nate Tronics. Please welcome to the stage, Meryl Garbus. Welcome, Meryl. Hi, Kamau. Hi. I've been listening to you so, so much these days. Wow. That this feels a little bit like a dream. Oh. <laughs> Want to scoot in closer to me, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> now Give him some space. Give him some space. It's too close. Starting on strong, of, Mel. Starting on strong. I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm sort of in three and a half D. I'm like an extra, not just 3D, <laughs> super HD. Uh, when you say listening to me, Meryl, do you mean my various projects and podcasts and yes, things. Yes, you have so many. Come I out. do, I do, I do, yes. <laughs> I was just making sure you said, meant that, not like just outside my house, just, <laughs> just ear hustling. Wait, no. I can pander too. Congratulations on the Emmy nomination, Kamau. Oh, thank you, Francesca. <laughs> I don't consider that pandering. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were, United Shades of America was nominated for two Emmys. Uh, one of them, yes. Just like I always planned with my career. Uh, and the category I'm most sort of excited about is best host, because I'm up against, in no particular order, Alec Baldwin, <laughs> Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn, <laughs> RuPaul, <laughs> uh, the Gordon Ramsay, and the best, Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. So... Yeah, let me just already state, it was an honor to be nominated. I'll just be there in the audience. Come on, you just need to cook and drag. I think that's very <laughs> simple. <laughs> if I start my drag cooking show, I can finally... I can't even get into that party, let alone uh, be in that category. Uh, so, yes, Fabiana, I'm going to talk to you. We ran into each other on a Southwest flight up from L.A. Yeah, that was yeah. you, me, and my wife, Melissa. Yeah. And we were, in the, we, were, we were early on the play. We were the first class of Southwest, the A group. <laughs> <laughs> Southwest first class, A1 through 15. <laughs> Getting on the plane, looking at other people, yeah, we paid 15 extra dollars. Balling out of control on I Southwest. I thought that was anti-Southwest. Wasn't Southwest like the, the airline of the proletariat? No, they, like they, It used to be on Southwest. I'm glad you brought this up, because I have a lot of thoughts about this. On Southwest, it used to be about how early you got to the gate, then you got to get on first. And back in the day, I was single and had not a lot to do, so I was always A number one. <laughs> My flight's at eight in the morning, I'll get there six the night before. <laughs> Bring a sleeping bag. But now, everybody wants to feel like they can get to some sort of extra service. So capitalism, once again, has ruined equality. Once again. Once again, yeah. Uh, man, we, we knew that Southwest thing would turn so dark. Sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> But Fabiana, you talked to me and my wife, Melissa, about this. You're, uh, we, you're heading to Burning Man soon. Yes. 
Yes, I'm in full preparation. And uh, just to be clear with people who are listening, Fabiana Rodriguez, you are a woman of color. Yes. <laughs> it's not like you're Whoopi Goldberg, where it's like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. It's just a uh, year. So I always assumed, ignorantly so, I've been pulled at my coach pulled that, that Burning Man was a white people meeting. Yes. <laughs> Can you talk to me about why we should go to Burning Man? Yeah, so I actually lead one of the largest people of color camp at Burning Man. And uh, when I went there, when I was first there about six years ago, and I was just able to, you know, ride on my bike, just take all my clothes off and just be free, I was like, damn, white people, y'all are keeping this to yourself. You know, I was like, how, how do these white folks keep this great, awesome, fun event to themselves? So uh, I really, I always feel that, you know, joy and pleasure and play are such critical things that we need. And as people of color, sometimes we just get stuck in like the pain. So I'm always about how do we have more time to have fun and feel pleasure. And so um, for me, uh, Burning Man is a place where I can just bring a lot of my friends, amazing people of color, especially women of color, especially black and brown women, to just enjoy, explore, get lost in the dust, you know, not worry, get, dump our cell phones. and, and Everyone's white in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen it. I've seen the photos. <laughs> yeah, we get to dress up in costumes, wear goggles, you know, have our, our fun bikes. Did you change the dynamic? Sorry, I'm just gonna take no, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a host. You're a host. I'll you got just, another I'll host. Like, did, did the white uh, people feel like you invaded their safe space? Butter. Well, you Air know, quotes. I mean, I have. We we did have a lot of incidents where uh, because we're we're like uh, what what I would call downtown playa. So you know, we got we got the great real estate because you know the people of color. We we just got to have the the good views and all that. You gentrified Burning we Man. Gentrified it. Oh, that's exactly what we did. <laughs> so uh, there's been you know we're we're all kicking it. Usually it's it's a, it's hot sunny. You know we're 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 having our little drinks and stuff. And this has happened so many times where you have. People of color ride by, ride by on their bikes, and they're like, "What? What? You know, they just, they're so, they're just they're like, we have never seen so many people of color concentrated in the same space. So it's really important for us to have a presence, you know, because we are trying to create a safe space for the people of color, you know, because these are, I mean, these are some of the most uh, gatherings where a lot of people are coming together uh, and doing, uh, connecting in very amazing ways. And so I always feel like we need access to these cultural spaces as well, but we need it on our terms. So for... for woman who has been to Burning Man a lot, Yodasa Williams. She's a three-times burner and has been wholly transformed by her experience at Burning Man. And she sent me this article that I was reading, and like it sounded like most of the negative experience she had were from black people who don't go to Burning Man. Oh, yes. <laughs> we call that people like myself. <laughs> Why? Uh, two things. Outdoors and get rid of your phone. What are you trying to do? Trick me? What's happening? No, actually... Actually, Go outdoors and don't bring my phone. That feels like... I think it's also the idea of why would you light this uh, man on, this burning mm, man mm, on mm, fire? Mm. And then, uh, the, well, Yodasa actually is a part of our camp, but that's, that there's so many people. The, the article that you shared earlier, Kamal, which is, is Burning Man becoming less white? Well, yes, the answer is yes, very slowly. But that's exactly what our camp tries to do, is that we're trying to really say, look, you know, 
um, if we're about if you're about radical inclusion, because that's one of the big mandates that one of the big uh, desires of Burning Man is this principle called radical inclusion. Inclusion means all of us, you know, and it especially means everyone, especially people of color. So uh, that's what I'm, you know, that, that's what my camp is about, is creating a place to play out in the dust, out in the desert, and to just try things you never tried before within a safe community. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, give it up, give it up. <laughs> the last thing I want to ask, is it true that I read this online, which means it was probably true to some extent. Uh, there's a theory that J Jay-Z owns a part of Burning Man. <laughs> I don't think have so. You read that? Have you heard of that theory? No, but I actually have seen many, many uh, celebrities out there. You have to pay In a subscription to it, but like no yeah. one does. This <laughs> is way of getting people to finally buy titles. Yeah. Okay, uh, so Meryl, uh, you're, you've been writing some new songs. You tell us about your new songs that you're excited about yeah. putting out to the world soon. <laughs> I don't know if I'm excited. I am excited. <laughs> They're good songs. Um, well, I, I have been doing uh, some work on my whiteness. And uh, <laughs> she just came out as white, everybody. Give her some support. Give her some support. Yeah. <laughs> For the radio listeners, uh, I'm white. And, uh, uh, and, it's, and so I'm writing these songs. I feel like I'm especially white because we have been... <laughs> We've been recording mostly in, you know, a basement studio in downtown Oakland where we have our, our rehearsal space. And so I'm probably like wider than ever. Uh, and so I feel like this is the first time I'm about to release some of these songs. I, I write songs with Nate, who you heard before, and, um, and I'm in charge of the lyrics. <laughs> so I think over time he realized what was happening, which was that a lot about white privilege and white supremacy and white fragility was coming out in the lyrics. Uh, so I'm just, I'm in this, uh, you're catching me in the vulnerable, uh, uh, but it's white privilege, isn't it, to choose whether I want to talk about my white privilege uh, in pop music, you know what I mean, in and of itself. So anyway, this is all like me uncomfortably going like, what happens when I love songs about white privilege into the world? But that's what's happening. Yep. Beautiful man, everybody. Let me give you all the respect in the world for calling out your white privilege in the middle of a white privilege moment. That's, that's halfway, bam, bam. You're halfway there. You're halfway there. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. If you just put that to song, I'll buy it. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on, yeah. Do you find that you're like whinier when you're talking about white privilege? Like, is it a, is it a yeah, higher my, register? My voice kind of goes like this. And I'm is like, it? Oh, no. It's gonna be a great album, everyone. <laughs> it's a pitch only white people can hear. It's just sort of so high. Shut up. Actually, the, actually, the other day I was thinking about how it's only like in the last like five, seven years we actually even have something like a reference white privilege, white excuse me, white fragility. Because back in the day I remember mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, what is this thing I'm experiencing? And now we can name it. And, and we have like different classifications of it. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like that that's a gift actually. And for what and for white as a white person, it's a freaking gift, man. Yeah. I didn't say I swear. So it like, it is a you're gift. You're experiencing white well, and just to have any kind of framework to yeah, go like, hey, maybe the way you're seeing the world isn't the way that everyone sees that. You know, like just some education. For like, the record, your voice got lower and you literally went lower to the ground <laughs> for those people listening. I, my favorite is white tears. I feel like that's a, yeah. 
Somebody sent me a vial of white tears. Really? Yeah. You tasted them, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny, the thing, years ago, me and my friend Jason, who's a white guy, but also Jewish, so maybe not, depending on who's asking. Yeah. Uh, but we just said, like, we just sort of determined that every white person sort of acted like they were the assistant manager of the world. <laughs> Excuse me, what's going on here? It was, and that was like, oh, that's white privilege. Just like always being like, let me interrupt you. Well, let you me, take it upon yourself. Yeah, take it upon yourself. That you need to restock these shirts. I don't even work here. <laughs> Uh, Francesca, ooh, here we go. Okay, uh, I'm gonna just let you take it from here since you're basically co-hosting the show at this point. So. <laughs> just talk about what uh, you're interested in right now as I uh, move further away from you. No, just <laughs> no, go for it. I'm very interested to talk about this. What, what am I supposed to talk about? Uh, okay, I'll read the card. That we, oh, you, know, you want me to just, just tell you what's going on right now with me? Well, I'm gonna say it because I don't want to miss it. Uh, what you told, you is, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm not asking this question. You're getting very uncomfortable. Come I'm out. getting very uncomfortable. I'm some male privilege is happening right now. Okay, uh, so. some, actually, some height privilege. Some six foot four male height privilege is happening. Uh, so you're can, thinking about R. Kelly. I'm thinking about R. Kells. Which don't act like everybody's not. Don't act like she's the only don't, one. Who's, yeah. Don't groan. Don't groan. The more we groan, the more it, it, it doesn't go away. So wait, Becca, could you read this article you threw up here? If you're still an R. Kelly fan in 2017, you might be a worse person than R. Kelly. It's pretty much true. I mean, I I took uh, you know all the songs off my slow jam mix tapes playlist pretty much, which was a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, but then as you go through R. Kelly's songs, you realize they're all just warnings. Yes. <laughs> they're all just red flags, yep. like. The song Bump and Grind, yeah. the, the chorus is, I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind, which means someone saw something wrong. Ah. <laughs> we all knew it was wrong. And, and so this week, of course, we know that women may or may not be being held against their you know, will in a couple of cities. And there's a cult thing that is be he's being accused of having. There a might cult. be a sex cult. Either they're consenting adults. My kids, everybody, give it up for my kids who came to the show tonight. <laughs> but it also just like it's crazy male privilege too because you know he's still not a pariah. He's on tour. Like is he on tour now? Yeah. I he's got four new dates. Oh, yeah, he's still going. <laughs> so you've deleted the music, but you still have Google alerts on your phone for his tour. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I just feel, you know, like, listen, Britney Spears, like, had, drove with her kid on her lap, and she became a pariah. R. Kelly has a sex cult, and it's like, well, you know. So I feel like, you know, it, it, there's a lot of male, male privilege going on. Also, a lot of the women are, like, young black women. Um, and so uh, one of the ones who spoke out was white. Um, she said she was treated differently. So, you know, there's, there's a lot at play here. Oh, we don't have to talk. We just, no, 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 just no, no, shut no. our eyes, look away. Do not look away. R. Kelly is a trash person. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Maya Janelle, everybody. Do not Specifically look away. hired because I needed more black up in the show. Yes, I need more black backup. <laughs> Speak on it, Maya. I'm sorry to bring it up on OJ Day. Sorry. No, no, no. It, it's hard. It's every day is OJ Day. Uh, in my household, 
no, black people, no more R. Kelly. Like, no more R. Kelly, no more Bill Cosby. It's a no. It's been a, it's been a hard week for black, not a hard it, week, it's yeah. been an interesting week for black male celebrities, I'll it say has. that. It has. R. Kelly, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart cheating on his pregnant wife. What? Usher giving people STDs. Like, also, the warning signs were there on that one. Love in the club, that's very unsanitary. <laughs> I mean, let it burn. We, we know what that was about now. We know what that was about. Love in the club and expect. <laughs> I mean, I sort of feel like, and I've said this sort of similar thing before, I may have said it on the show, I feel like it's whatever you want, whatever media you want to take into your brain, you have to deal with your relationship with that media. Just don't defend it to other people is the other thing. So if you want to leave R. Kelly in your slow jams, just shh. Like, don't act like you have, there's, you can explain your way through that thing. You know what I mean? So that's, that's where I'm at with that. If you just tuned in, I'm Debbie Kamau Bell, and I've been speaking with Fabiana Rodriguez, Francesca Fiorentini, and Meryl Garvis. This is Kamau right now on KLW Live from the New Parish in Oakland. <laughs> Welcome back to Kamau right now. Good for Natronics. So there is a lot going on right now in the news. We've, we, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot happening on the Republican side of the aisle. Uh, we, we've talked about it before. We can, we will talk about it again. But tonight I want to talk about the left side of the aisle, the Democrats. Uh, there's been a lot of talk that the Democrats don't really have a platform other than we're not Trump. Uh, and it seems like it's probably time to get a platform. And so as I was thinking about talking about that today, uh, thank you, one person. Uh, <laughs> Everybody was like, nope, I'm strong green. I'm strong green party in here. Uh, so, but then yesterday, as I was thinking about this, the Democrats sent out uh, uh, new bumper stickers and stickers that they're working on with new slogans that they want people to vote on. Uh, Becca, can you read some of these slogans? Yeah, so some of these are just ridiculous. So we've got, like, resist, persists. Okay, she resists, she persisted, we resisted, all right. Uh, make Congress blue again because they can't come up with something on their own. And the best one, really, Democrats 2018. I mean, have you seen the other guys? Just real inspiring. Clearly, this has really hit you people where, yay! So my it's question... Like, a, like, can I just say, it yeah. looks like uh, Mrs. Meyer's Green Day, like that, that font, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's very, like... The weakest font ever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's a little weak is also, the word. can we not make anything anything again? Let's just leave things yes. <laughs> the way... No more anything... Yeah. Oh, that's no right. I didn't, even, I didn't even realize the Make Congress Blue Again hit me in such a no place that I didn't realize it's an illusion to make America great again. Why would you want to do that? That's like making your slogan like parody in R. Kelly song. <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong with a little turning the house over in 2018. <laughs> Fabiana, what's wrong here? You're an artist. What's wrong is they're not presenting a vision for the world they want to see. <laughs> like, number one rule is, why do we always have to be reactive? We don't have to react to them. We actually have to set our own agenda and our own worldview. I 
mean, that's why, as an artist, this is why I get so frustrated with politics because so often we're just reacting to messages that the opposition sets and we're in a constant, like, you, you know, wheel just trying to, sp to spin our messages when in reality I think we need to be talking about the things we want. How do they feel? How do we experience them? What are the values? And I think it's really about changing the entire worldview because the, the right... They have a very clear worldview on everything from like what kind of sex they want you to have, what they want you to teach their kids, it's even what they eat, everything. Uh, so we, we need the same instead of just, you know, playing here and there. Yeah, Democrats, a living wage. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the other thing is like you can't have the slogan until you have the people who are getting the message out there. <laughs> Like, this seems like exactly. the back-end way of doing this. Like, it's not, it's not like they came up with uh, hope and change and went, like, we should find a black guy who can put that on. Exactly. But they... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they were like, they found the, per the people, they found the guy, and, like, and then they came up organically. I feel like, I always, I've been saying this a lot, I feel like the Democrats right now should be like the NBA was in the 80s. They just went to Africa looking for tall guys. <laughs> they just went scouring the earth for tall people. And then said, can you, and then put a basketball in their hands. He, let's see what you do with this. And that's how he got like the Kimbe Mutombo and Akeem Olajuwon. Like they need to be looking out for new people. Well, and, right. But they don't even know what the measurement is. Like, they're not even looking for anything in particular. You know what I yeah. mean? Like at least in the NBA, okay, tall, great. But yes. Stems don't even have like, you know, believes in human rights. Awesome. You know, or, like there's nothing. I actually, the, I, went, uh, I went to D.C. and tried to pitch some of the Democrats on new slogans because we all know they do need a rebrand. I mean, yeah, this, like what? Like, like what? Yeah, I was so gonna say, did you one of them like I pitched them on ones? was um, just like a jingle, something like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, Paul Ryan sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Another one was like, uh, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's a social safety net. <laughs> you know? Barbara Lee was like, uh-uh, it's not gonna, it's not, it's not gonna work. Yeah, I want to be clear, Barbara Lee, there are a few Democrats out there who are doing it. Barbara Lee is one of those people. That's all I wanted to say. Or, Keep going with your slogans, I was enjoying No, it. or just like a different, like, why the donkey, you know? It should just be like, you know, a T-Rex in a chase shirt or something cool like that. <laughs> something vicious. Something that sells at Hot Topic, something that, like, yeah. But you just said Because if you just put like a if you just put like a, a T-Rex in a chase shirt on a t-shirt and just put Democrats underneath, that would sell. You know what I mean? Like you'd at least be raising some money. Sorry, Meryl. No, I was just gonna say, but you just said one Democrats a living wage. I mean, did you give them real ones too? Because those are hilarious, but you could probably come up with like eighteen better slogans than that, right? One now. of them was government's important, you moron, which <laughs> yeah. I thought I, I do feel like, what, basically what you're saying, Francesca, this is, speaks to, like, literally, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer came up with these. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't bring in the best comedy writers in the country. They, like, sat in the office just like, oh, let's crack open some red wine and think of some new slogans. Well, even if you think about, like, even this whole metaphor of the wall, which, I mean, we don't even need a wall. The borders are really super militarized. But just this metaphor of we're going to build a big wall. Um, it's very effective because people remember symbols. So what about something like tear down the wall or no borders or open it all up, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> Faviana 2020, everybody. Uh, I, I, we've sort of talked about this through the show, but I feel like I, I care about this a lot, but maybe I'm the only one who really like had a whole flashback today, but the OJ parole hearing was today. Uh, who, by applause, who couldn't, who watched it even though they knew they shouldn't have? Anybody, by applause? 
Yeah, people covering their faces. Who actively steered clear of it? Who act? Yes, I, cr there, I cracked off a couple good tweets. Thank you for, yes, I'm promoting my Twitter account, at WML Bell. OJ at one point said, I've basically lived a conflict-free life. And I tweeted, really? Is that so? Speak more on that, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> and then I said, as I said earlier, okay, then black folks get ready for random white folks to start conversations with you like, can you believe this, OJ thing? Uh, this, for me, this is, uh, first of all, let me say this. I think the OJ Made in American documentary is one of the yes. greatest pieces of art in the yes. history of all time. So good. Just happens to be about OJ, but I think Ezra Elderman like, just is amazing, and, I think it, and I've watched it several times. Uh, I also watched all the FX OJ thing uh, series. I'm just, I, I, I have a, 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 maybe a fascination with this, and maybe it's just me, but I don't think it's just me. What are your thoughts on this whole OJ parole hearing and OJ Simpson? The, the, basically, this means the 90s are back. That's what this means now. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I did watch a little bit of the OJ Made in America, which I thought was fascinating, and I think it's something we should all watch. Uh, but I also feel like, uh, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I think that also we have to we have to look at. I mean, obviously, we all we all know the complications with OJ. We all know that he did it. We all know that he was beating up on Nicole Brown. And I think that's something that when I mean, I, I think we it just goes back to the Chris Rock, you know, the white people too upset kind of thing, you know, and and also, you know, white people being asking black people, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Like they're supposed to excuse or like the you know or have some the final word on this is ridiculous. Um, at the same time, I'm like, wait, yeah. I think it's all just water under the bridge. Actually, there, that's I said it, that's it. It's all done, it's all done. I, 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 but I do feel like, is there ever gonna be justice in the OJ case? Is there ever gonna be justice for, for you know, Nicole's family? I don't think so. I think that's, it's just done. I guess the question is why is it, I mean, I'm, I, I'm asking myself why am I so fascinated with it? Why is America as a whole, I mean, every news network played OJ's parole hearing, and I saw other people tweet, most parole hearings last five minutes, right. and the defend the defendant, the, 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 the person in prison doesn't get to say that much. OJ was doing a monologue. Like he, and so I think that's a part of it too, like the criminal justice system still works differently for him, but what does it tell us about us that it's still so fascinating? I mean, I'm, I'm just like tired of men running stuff. Okay, <laughs> I feel like we we live in a world. I'm just I'm just done. Where like violence against women is so normalized, and that we allow people to get away with it, and we create an entertainment culture around it. And I'm just like, get these fools out of power. Yeah. Like, the, and, and, and also just like on on a data point, like come on, we're living in times of war, of extreme sexual trafficking, and who's running shit? It's men. Obviously, they haven't done a good job, so it's time to take away their power, and 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 to you know, it's just that the data tells us that, and and, and it tells us <laughs> the that the data is clear on this. Yes, and. And that we have just these, these these fools who are normalizing violence, and that who just get celebrated and just you know. But I'm, also, I'm so I think what it. was so interesting about the OJ Made in America was that his you know his acquittal was retribution, seen as retribution for the Rodney King acquittals, right? And and like OJ can't still be the fall guy for like the fact that there isn't justice in all these other police shootings of unarmed black people in this country. Like it can't just be like, well, OJ's off, so can we move on? You know, obviously that's not a thing. So um, I mean, I'm interested in how 
we go forward looking back on his trial and his life and be like, all right, well, how do we actually now reform the criminal justice system for you know the, the black people, but brown people who are in the parole system now, who are in prison right now, right? That's... Uh, I think it starts with a bumper sticker that is... That says, I mean, look at the other guys. That's... I, and I gotta be honest, I feel a little bit hosting the rest of the show, being the only man on stage, as Fabiana very clearly laid out that it's all men's fault. So, uh... If you guys want to take it from here, I'm fine. Uh, let's check in with the social media desk. Give it up for Becca Hookstra and Maya Janelle. <laughs> Becca, how's Twitter looking out there for us? Oh, we were going to do Maya first, actually. Oh, we'll do it. Maya, how's it going? Hey, it's going. It's, it's my story. So, it, A Tale of Two Cities is, is what I'm calling this, this segment here about arsons happening in San Francisco and in Oakland. In San Francisco, in the Mission District, there's suspicions that landlords are setting fires to SROs and other buildings where long-term low-income residents live in order to burn them down and build condos that go for $8,000 a month for two-bedroom apartments in the Mission. And then, yeah, boo, right? Boo. Yeah. Agree. Well, I guess we've all unified on that. Okay. (laughs) Even people who can afford that are like, boo. (laughs) and then uh, across the bridge in oakland there have been four five alarm fires recently ruled as arson by i just want to say this this bureau federal bureau of alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives it's a lot in one bureau but (laughs) they they ruled that there have been four these four major five alarm fires have been ruled as arson People want to know what's going on. Is it an anarchist that's anti-gentrification? Is it accidents? Is it materials? But these are these are major developments that are close to being rented and being burned down. So these are new and buildings. New buildings. Okay. New buildings in Oakland, old buildings in San Francisco. Everybody's still trying to find a place to live. Yeah. Seriously. What are your thoughts on this, everybody? Or anybody in the audience have thoughts on this? I'm happy to. I'm happy to look out here in the audience and see if someone has. What would you say? Somebody's pointing at somebody. Somebody's got their hand up. Jeremy, you're all. You're all in this. I mean, how much do you want me to say? Uh, let's see. We got 25 more minutes in the show. So, well, if it's good, we'll let you go. You know. What well, I mean? no, I, I don't need to monologue you. I'm Jonas Strauss. I run the Oakland Warehouse Coalition, and uh, we've been advocating for affordable alternative housing since December 2nd, the date of the ghost ship fire. And then we also ran a, uh, you know, in solidarity, we ran a uh, a $40,000 fundraiser, which is not much, but we're we're able to give $350 a piece to each of the um, survivors of the San Pablo, 2551 San Pablo fire. Thank you. That was pretty good. I'll let you go a little longer. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, in terms of, hey, who did it? I, I, honestly, I don't think the insurance money works out for these guys to be burning down their own buildings or hiring somebody to do it. Uh, I think it is somebody with an ax to grind, but uh, I mean, as far as I can tell, there's no like coalition to burn down the almost fully developed buildings. But there is a lot of uh, venom in Oakland on the streets for these people who are just building straight up market rate housing and only only maximum 15% affordable housing when uh, the Planning Commission demands that they do it, which is very rare. I, I live in the mission, and I know that the fires there also, they're suffering in terms of uh, looking at the 
what happened that there's not enough investigators and there's not and they're cutting the budget cuts in the city are actually in, in impacting like the investigations into these super shady fires, you know, uh, four alarm, three alarm fires that have happened in the mission. Um, and so, I mean, that's another thing is just like we who's holding the anyone accountable for this. Right. And I, I mean, and I would add, I mean, I've grown up. In Oak, I was born in Oakland. I've been here my whole life. I remember when downtown, after, after the earthquake, downtown was like nothing. It was all boarded up after the 89 earthquake. But anyway, I've never seen in, in my life, in my entire time here, just the, the number of homeless folks out there is dramatically increasing. Yes, yes. You know, it is like we're witnessing a class war. And, and I looked up today that the prices of the uh, median, median price in Oakland for a home, 820K. 820 and I, I have a lot of friends who are you know are trying to find places to live in Oakland it's it's impossible you're you're facing off with 20 30 people and and I mean I'm just saying I'm thinking to myself at what point we are the, the I mean the tensions of course are high but just that we are that there's so many people who just can't afford a place to live it it, it, it feels very urgent to me you know when you ask uh, when you ask homeless folks how many homeless people are on the streets in Oakland, they estimate about 6,000, and these are people who are on the streets every day. The point in time count as of February was 2,761, but that's only the people who are visible and uh, available to be counted in shelters and such. It's insane, and I just wanna say, I hear a lot of white folks. I'm a white folk again. <laughs> I hear that- You won't let us forget it, everybody. <laughs> Good for you. I just, I, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, no, don't go there now. You're, you do it. <laughs> Put the bass back in your voice. Move lower to the okay. floor like last okay. time. Okay, so let's get grounded here. But just that that uh, that there, I, I it's it's extreme. I'm lived. I've lived in Oakland. I think seven years now, eight almost eight years. And um, and seeing this city, I mean, this city is beautiful. And there have been some some people radically suggesting to me, and this is what I my next um, investigation into whiteness, is like maybe it's white privilege. Just saying, this is going to be radical to live here, and maybe we should back off. For reals, I I, I mean I agree with <laughs> like you. Like leave, like leave it. I don't want to leave. There's I'm, some of those white people here, like I just got I know. my apartment. No, no. <laughs> Like they were like, I would like to come out with hard. you, but have you seen the view? And from I know, us? and I know it's not. I mean, there's a lot. Like Merritt is so beautiful. There's a lot more going on, but I, you know, it's it's complicated as people say. But at a certain point, um, you know, we I don't I, I had not been listening to communities of color in Oakland who are who are saying please do not move into West Oakland. Yeah, and and I think as white folks, we often have deaf ears. You know, we're just like, we're not paying attention to that stuff. So it's interesting as I, you know, and I'm walking this city and walking this earth as in this body and kind of going, what are, you know, how, what is the world that I want to see? And then what are the radical changes that I am, that I am willing to make? And I don't know. I mean, these are really tough questions. I don't have answers, but, but um, yeah. Are you willing to let go of gourmet toast? Avocado toast. Avocado, Avocado toast. toast. I don't. I don't eat bread, so I'm cool there. <laughs> Spoken like Gl a white gentrifier yeah. right there. <laughs> Gluten free. We're gonna have to leave it right there for now. I'm speaking with Fabian Rodriguez, Francesca Fiorentini, and Meryl Garbus. We will definitely hear more from them in a moment. But now it's time for a little more music. Give it up for Natronics.
I wanted to ask before we moved on. I wanted to ask if Jonah had any organization or anything that we should support to help uh, help with your cause uh, or yeah. all our cause. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you. We've recently registered as five hundred one c four because we only been around for about eight months. Uh, so we're going to be doing some formal fundraising more towards the end of the year. But for now, um, if there's anybody out there who's a significant donor who would be interested in supporting the victims of the, sorry, the survivors of the 2551 San Pablo fire, they can certainly send it to us at donate at oaklandwarehousecoalition.org and make sure you just put a note in there that it's for the survivors of the fire. All right, give it up for Joan, everybody. He's talking to you people who are like 8,000 a month. That's a deal. Uh, so let's so let's check in with uh, Becca at the social media desk. Becca, what's going on on social media right now? We have a lot of different people talking about those bikes that were just put up all around downtown Oakland. Oh, 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 I see. So I like this audience. You know exactly how you all feel about everything, from hisses to groans to. It was it was actually kind of interesting because a lot of the response response I got online was very positive. People were like, yeah, like I like this program. Like it's $5 a month if like you have low income stuff. It's just kind of hard to get into, but like it's going to expand and it's going to be useful. So like, I don't know. Um, But uh, Julia Schnell sent me this message on Facebook uh, talking about kind of because right now the bikes are only pretty much downtown. There's nothing in East Oakland whatsoever. So they're also not in plenty of wealthy areas. They're just starting in the high-density mixed land-use areas. There are dueling narratives of bikes bring gentrification. We don't want them. And why didn't you put them near me? Sometimes both from the same places. Well, yeah. It's like that's what happens. That's how capitalism works. Money is ruining everything. Can I have some? I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we all can accept that. Though you can have those two thoughts at the same time. Yeah. You're ruining my life. Come here. Uh, <laughs> 
So I, when I lived in New York for two years, when me and Melissa and Sammy lived in New York for two years, we, the city bike thing started there. And it was very clear where, like, from the where they put them down, that like, we're, like it, they stopped like t 10 blocks south of Harlem. You know what I mean? Like it was just, they were not in air, they were not in Brooklyn at the time, you know? And so how do we deal with this, the idea that like, there's things that like, oh, this is this technology, we're all gonna use bikes and we're not using cars anymore. And then also like, but also this is really just for the new white people. Well, it seems to me like that that's where you have to start talking about change, like as in the world is an organism and it needs to happen completely differently than that. Like where, you know, like actively changing the system, who gets to use these bikes, teaching people, this is the system here, you know, bringing them into high schools, like mm -hmm. places where people where you know, younger people could learn that this is a, a viable way to commute to and fro school, you know, just getting it, but getting it in a, in a system in a way instead of slapping it on and being like, oh, we're so cool now. And I will say that I'm ready to use one of those bikes. <laughs> I, I also got really excited, but it's weird that it has a Ford decal on it. Is it Ford sponsoring the whole no. thing? Yes. Yeah. It does. It's advertising fossil fuels and like car yes. companies on the bike. There's lots yeah. of that is over like the second cruelty of capitalism. Well, wait, Becca, talk about yeah. talk about that, Becca. You. That I, I all I know is there's a lot of concerns about tracking stuff too, like where you're going on the bike and who's using the bike, because then they want to put like a shuttle service yes. in or something in instead. Because Ford runs, Ford is the company that Chariot gets their vans from. So when you see a bunch of Chariots showing up in your neighborhood as well, there you go. You mean a, so it's a, it's a van service called Chariot. It's not actually Chariot. Yeah, it's Chariot called Chariot. Okay. And it's but a see, private this, this, shuttle van no. company. They're all over SF right now. And there was proposed to be another bike station in the mission. And that community said, absolutely not, because nobody's going to use these over here. And what it's going to do is draw chariot in, which is not affordable for a lot of people in the city. But if the people who could afford chariot had to just ride on a chariot with like and like wear togas <laughs> and have horses, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. They so they look yeah. like imperialist <laughs> conquerors. Right. Yes. Well, here's like, the thing dress, too. <laughs> dress because, for what you, you know, are. I think this is an environmental justice issue because the reality is is that the hoods of color here, West Oakland and East Oakland, you know that we have the highest rates of poor air quality because of the because of the diesel buses, because of the port, because of refineries around us. It's just we're, we're our communities are sick so we need an end to the fossil fuel economy and we also need infrastructure like there's hardly any bike lanes in east oakland in my hood in fruitvale so even if you do put something like a bike program which we need i mean this these bikes do belong we should have we we should encourage people to bike i mean we need to like end our addiction to fossil fuels but we also need infrastructure because if i try this is why i don't bike I because if I try to get on a bike in Fruitvale, like I, I'm like, duh, 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 I can't even. There's nothing. I picture you on like, so on like 880, janky. like ah. The, the the streets are so janky in Fruitvale, and not to mention we definitely don't have bike lanes, right? So it's it. I'm just thinking, but it's not like that in Rockridge. I mean, the other day I was just thinking, you know what? Why is there? I'm always hearing police cars in East Oakland every single day. It's like part of what I hear. And in Rockridge, you don't have that shit. You know, they just, it, it's stuff, just such stuff, inequality. That's stuff, that's stuff, we're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty proud of you that you went that long, but yes. <laughs> you were feeling it, and I knew, I was like, yeah. But no, first of all, Fabiana, I want to ask, so when are you declaring your candidacy? I just want to know. Serious. 
I've gone on the record many times. I think you are an underutilized resource in the world. I feel like yeah. that, like that, what you do and what you put out there, and I, just, I don't know what city I want you to be the mayor of. I just you just Oak tell town? me. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I just, I just want to know so we can move into that city. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, if it's Santa Rosa, we're there. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> anything, anything else over there, Becca? Uh, yes, no. there was one more thing. So this is another one on Facebook. That's a lot of text, but I'm just going to read oh a little boy, bit. Oh boy, here we go. So Did my mom leave this Facebook message? This is, a... <laughs> this is Shirin Razagar um, uh, talking about like things we can do. What can we actually do to, I don't know, change anything presidentially, what have you. Uh, for me, the most critical steps to achieving, not restoring for obvious reasons, true democracy all center around the right and the weight of our vote. And then um, says a lot and then ends with, I'll defer to others on the best organization to support on these points. I'm still doing research myself. So I was wondering if like maybe Francesca, you might know like some organizations kind of advocating for like voter access and like overturning Citizens United and like lobbying and all that. Well, I do know that the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, you know, Sanders hasn't given up on the Democrats, but a lot of people want him to. But, you know, his his our revolution and a lot of. A lot of young folks, a lot of young millennials who are progressive millennials are pushing, especially, you know, it's thanks to them, um, people like uh, all of us, uh, our revolution, young folks like that. Um, help me out with some of the other organizations. If you, Common, Common cause. cause. Right. Mobilize the immigrant vote. I'm, so these, I mean, and these are also the folks that we have to thank for, for shutting down the, you know, the repeal and replace of Obamacare this week, you know, and who, who risked arrest uh, on Monday and, and days before. So I think it's happening. I don't want to, but, but it is a question, right? Do you, do you, um, do the Democrats like Schumer and Pelosi actually have that kind of like multi-platform vision? Are they even talking about Citizens United or getting dark money out of politics? No, uh, we cover no. their drinking red wine and thinking of funny things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what they're doing. A cursive font. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, thanks, Maya and Becca. A reminder that you've tuned into KALW, and this is Kamau right now! <laughs> all right, give it up for Natronix! Before we go tonight, we need to check in with the people here, the people here at the New Parish. Uh, if we've been doing in 2017, we're doing things differently than right now. Instead of just asking your opinions or your problems, we're actually asking what do people need or want. It could be something you need right now in this room or something you need outside in the, in the world. Give it up for our audience emissary, Jeremy Dalmas. Hi, Kamau. Hi, everyone in the audience. Uh, so uh, there was a lot of different things that people needed. One person, uh, Smita Joshi in Berkeley, said nothing, all good. So oh, that's so nice. Okay, that's that's nice. I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. Um, Who, who's all good? Wait, wait, just who's all good? Who said that? Wait, hold on. I want to talk to the person who's all good. I just want to find out what it is to be all good in 2017. And so it's, it's a woman of color, so I really want to know what's happening. Right here? Yes. What's your name? Smitha. Smitha? Uh-huh. So what, you're all good? Yeah, I'm all good. And, and oh, is this your, is your daughter next to you? That's my daughter. She's all bad right now. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Mom, I told you not to fill out the thing. 
<laughs> she literally looks like if I just put my head down, I will disappear from the planet. <laughs> not how physics works. Sorry. Uh, so why why are you all? What is good? That's we need to hear what's good. What's good with you? Just the time of my life. Okay. All right. That's good. That's how I'll go with that. Is there anything specific you want to tell us about? If not, it's none of my business. I'll keep it moving. <laughs> I bought this house in Berkeley and it needed a new foundation. I was worried. I finished the new foundation. You, you, you finished My it? daughter graduated from Cal four years ago. She. <laughs> Does she have a neck problem that she can't only look down? Is she. Do we need to raise money for her, for her, for her vertebrae in the back of her neck? My in-laws are visiting from India. I love them. Oh, loves your in-laws. Me too, Melissa, who's here. My wife. I'm in mid-50s. It's great. Give it up for it. It's great to be in the mid-50s with a new foundation, a daughter who's a college graduate. Uh, what else we got, Jeremy? That made me feel good. Oh, yeah. It's... Good to focus on the good sometimes. Uh, so we also have Antonio from Oakland. Who? What does Antonio need right now? Baby stuff. Baby stuff. Where's Antonio from Oakland? Where's Antonio from Oakland? Right here. Right here. Wait. Okay. All right. Here we go. Who's uh, there? You go, Jeremy. Step in there. Antonio from Oakland. Yes. How Antonio or Antonia? Antonio. Antonio. Okay. Yeah. Antonio. Uh, and you wait. So you need baby stuff. Yes. Are you are you with child? Uh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> hey man, it's the 21st century. I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping. <laughs> My wife is pregnant. Your wife is pregnant. Give it yeah. up for her pregnant yeah. wife. How 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 far along are we? Because that's how we say it when we're evolved men. Yes. We're all pregnant, right? It's it's not in months. It's in weeks. It's, it's, in, it's in, oh, so it's yeah. early. Yeah. It's early. Yeah. So it's you 20, no th 23 weeks. 23 so, weeks. So do you have anything? What do you need? What's the thing you need? Oh you, man. Uh, stroller, a stroller, a crib, a crib. Um, did you just find out today you've got nothing? Uh, I, <laughs> did she just tell you I when she felt a... you were mostly able to handle it? I, Let me wait till I the think, NBA season's I, over, I and then I'll tell them about this. <laughs> so you need all the stuff. Almost everything. Who yeah. here has extra baby stuff that they would like to get? Oh, and over here we got over here. We got over here. We got over here. Go, Jeremy. Go. We got over here. A lot of baby stuff. <laughs> All right. What's your name? Jesse. Jesse, you have a lot of baby stuff that you're not that excited about, but you're willing to get part with the baby stuff. Yes. Are you willing to part? What do you got? What do you tell me what you got? Baby clothes, swaddles, all kinds of stuff. I have a big boy. He's he's outgrown it all. Uh, how like how old are you? Like 18, 19? <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight months old. Eight, eight, oh, eight months. He's well, like yeah. the size of like an eighteen month old. So. Oh, I had I have kids like that. Yeah. They're right up there. Uh, so you're willing to give baby stuff to Antonio and, and his and his partner. Yeah, come find me after the show. Find me right after. Yay! Look at this. We're making it happen. This is like Oprah on a budget. All right. What else we got, Jeremy? Okay, this one this one may not be so happy, and I think it's Mabel in Berkeley. The, the... Oh, Jesus. Hopefully we didn't catch that uh, excitement on the microphone because we've had two of those so far. Uh, so, so should I still read this? Well, well, I'll just read it and then we can decide what to do after that. So, so Mabel and Berkeley is uh, what, what? What does Mabel need for this fool to text me back? Oh! 
for this fool to text me back. Mabel, can we talk to you about this fool? Talk to me. All right, talk to me. No, okay. he's talking. I'm not talking yet. No, no, this is, this is how conversation works, back and forth. So uh, when did you text this fool? Is that his name, this fool, or her this, name? It is. No. Okay. Capital, yeah. The ham guy? The ham guy? Oh, Wait, uh-oh. Uh-oh, there's two. No. Nope. We're plausible. not. We need plausible deniability. We need plausible deniability. This is so, off the record. Off, yeah, this is only airing on the radio. It's fine. It's old technology. Like 15 people have radios. It's fine. So, so when did you text this fool? I don't know. Maybe Tuesday? I don't Tuesday. I know, right? Okay, slow down. I, I got know. it, everybody. I got it. I got I it. Know. I got it. Thank I you. I got it. I got Thank it. you so much. So, here's what's important. What was the last text you sent? If you if cut any X-rated things out of it. Well, it, I mean, it was this picture of, like, my lunch. <laughs> was there words, or was it just, like... Was there words with the picture? But, okay, there, there were words. And it was a reference to, like, our first date. So I feel like that was... Uh, okay, right? Sentimental. How, how right? long have you known this fool? I mean, at least a month now. Okay, in 2017, yeah. that's like six months. All right, so... Yeah, it is! Where did you meet this fool? By the way, I love saying this fool. <laughs> On the internet. Oh, so, I know! That's the, it's 2017, I that is know. not a big deal. Uh, uh, which oh. site on the internet? Um, coffee Meets Bagel. Coffee Meets Bagel, they were on Shark Tank! That's the good one! That's the good one! Yeah, I'm a big Shark Tank fan, everybody. Sorry, I'm having I know. a... So, uh, thank you. Uh, so you, so you met this fool on Coffee Meets Bagel. You've been out, you've been out on real live dates with this fool. <laughs> yeah. How many real live dates with this fool? Um, I don't know. But like I twenty. Mean, no, oh, luckily no. we got your, we got your lawyer here giving up the evidence. <laughs> twenty dates. <laughs> Sorry, would you like the microphone? Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Back there. Back there. We got somebody back there. Back there. Back there. Girl, you are too good for him. <laughs> Go find you another man. There are more out there. You are beautiful. You are awesome. Like, DTMFA. Drop that zero and get you a hero is what I'm hearing. Are you, are you in any way, are you open to suitors who might be in this room? Okay, so she is open to suitors. Be respectful. Okay, if you're interested, we will even, we'll even put your picture on our Come Out Right Now site and let people know you're available. We can follow up with you. We can follow up with you if you're interested in that. Is that something you might be interested in? What picture? Yes. We'll take a picture. We have a professional photographer here. He will make you look amazing. That's our show, everybody. Thank you. Hey everyone, come out here again. All right, the show's not quite done. The broadcast on the radio is over, but we still got the after party. So if you come to our show or subscribe to the podcast, you can always expect a little more come out right now. Go to KALW.org to subscribe to the podcast and to get tickets to upcoming shows. Our next show is August 17th at the Odell Johnson Theater at Laney College right back in Oakland. And while you're here on iTunes subscribing, would you leave a comment? It'll boost us quite a bit in the rankings, and that will help us keep making more shows. Also, give us five stars. Be a five-star person. We do thank you for your help and for listening. All right, back to the after party.
please welcome back to our panel, Fabiano Rodriguez, Meryl Garbus, and Francesca Fiorentini. Do you guys want to... So adorable. I know, I know, I know. Every day we have this in our house. <laughs> what does you that mean? You can sit on my Sick lap now if you want. Just right. Just bring uh, yeah, it down. Okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's do this. Yeah, bring uh, it down. Uh, what happened to the all, everybody? What happened to all the... On my lap? We can't make it too picture-worthy. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> so here, so you can just, yeah, so I'm just, anyway. Hey, everybody. Hello. Uh, so, so what do we want to talk about? <laughs> I well, was actually thinking we could, I, I, I was thinking we could brainstorm some cool themes for your uh, White Privilege songs. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We want to hear like, about the lyrics, like, yeah. what are they actually like? And have you heard about Macklemore's song about White Privilege? No, no. But see, the thing, I don't like the word about even, and that's what's confusing, I think, about, about social justice and art, is that I don't, I don't like hitting people over the head. I would rather explore. <laughs> You're making it really hard not to take a photo come out of your I know, kids. I know, I know, I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm, I didn't need to be in this show anyway. You guys just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else matters except for what's happening right there. Um, Dear girls, you guys talk about white privilege, Kamal? We do, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy, is that Sammy, Sammy, is that real? Do we talk about do we talk about race uh, how we're black people and uh things used to be things have had been bad with black people and uh some of that stuff was done by white people? <laughs> you don't want to hurt mama's feelings. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Well, maybe Meryl can sing you a song. It was like a little, a little lullaby suggestion before bedtime. I gotta, I gotta work on the white, white privilege lullaby. Let me, I'll work on that. <laughs> so I was thinking even like a song, cause like the something that like really moves people. Because I'm always sometimes when I try to talk to my white women friends, and I'm like, you know what? When you're like talking over me, or like you're just taking up a lot of space, and then they get their feelings hurt. So maybe something about you know how to like you know, be able to like. Deal with it, take care of yourself, and be an ally. How to be an ally. A song about how to be an ally. Uh, but then, there <laughs> were, then I heard, I, I was listening to one of Kamau's podcasts, I believe, about how ally was, like, that, that's problematic even oh, in okay. and of itself. Co-conspirator. Well, here's, but here, <laughs> yeah, all right. The, I think the thing for me right now, and I don't want to have to say this because I'm supposed to get up in front of people and sing lots of words and they're supposed to get their minds blown, but I need to just learn more. Like, like you're saying, we didn't have these words, privilege, white fragility. When I started reading about how many white people have read about white fragility in this room. Okay. And if you haven't, really, I really highly recommend it just because um, it's, it's illuminating uh, so, but in, in other words, I'm writing these songs and some of them are very metaphorical. They hopefully are metaphorical. I don't want to hit people over the head with messages. I don't know what the message is. I have lots of questions. So, uh, so but fragility also doesn't rhyme with anything. So like <laughs> very difficult. I did sing. There is a, <laughs> we call those people joke ruiners, joke ruiners. 
Thank you so much. Stability. But you can't rock out to that. Like, no. would you? Well, but one of the lyrics is like, but all I know is white centrality. And when I say it, I'm, I know, and all I'm listening, when I'm listening to it, I'm like, well, I'm really going to sing that. And, like, and, and there are going to be people in the audience being like, all I know is white centrality. You know? Yeah. It's going to be cool. When it happens, it'll be cool, I swear. It's got a beat. You can dance to it, I swear. Sa- hold on, Sammy, do you have something you want to say? Blah, 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 blah. We... Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. We do sound like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Oh, oh, I didn't mean it to come off like a critique of whiteness. I didn't mean to do that. Pretty much is. (laughs) Blah, blah. White feelings. That's probably the best critique of whiteness. Thank you, Sammy. So uh, let's talk about, uh, uh, Becca, do you have that? There's a new show that was announced this week uh, that is this in production by the makers of Game of Thrones, uh, a show that I've successfully avoided for seven seasons. Are we anti-Game of Thrones? No, I, I'm, not, I'm not, again, I'm not asking anybody to defend their thing. I've just never, I'm not dragons and mysticism and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> This is not my thing. I, I was going to get into Game of Thrones when uh, Clinton won the presidency. I was like really excited. I was like, I'm going to have a little more time on my hands. I'm going to have to struggle as hard. And then, uh, yeah, that went out the window. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh, so this, cool. this, 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 the, the makers of Game of Thrones have announced their new project. Can you bring it up, Becca, over there? Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I just have comments people gave me earlier oh, so anyway, about the, the thing. I can just say what it, it's called Confederate. Yeah. And it is the... But it, Makers, makers of Game of Thrones. It's called Confederate, and it imagines a future where the South had won. Yeah, we're already in a, we're already in like a. And this is the twist: slavery still legal. Which I feel like I have to admit, as a person who didn't watch Game of Thrones, I feel like was this always the plan, Game of Thrones makers? <laughs> they have to replace the evil, rapey families and enslavement. Uh, isn't isn't the f- imagining the future? just the past? I mean, how how does it get worse? <laughs> is, is there some new twist on slavery that... Yeah, and why? Yeah, and yeah why? Meryl, as the, as the white person up here, you have to justify this and defend it. <laughs> no, exactly. I have to actually not... No, I mean, it, like, like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got this actually very, very beautiful comment. Not, again, it's a lot of text, but from Lois C. Green, um, what is the point of fantasy histories based on the continuation of slavery? Show us what, quote, might have happened if freed slaves had received the 40 acres and a mule. Show us what might have happened if the federal government had protected freedmen, their towns, their right to live and work as equals. Show us what might have happened if segregation, Jim Crow, and white power had been crushed. That would be a fantasy worth making. Exactly. Which is that's a co-conspirator right there. Yeah, actually, you know, the other day I was I was filling out this application and they said, What does the world look like in 2040? And then or 2060 or something, 40 years from now. And I was like, Well, what happened is that humans realized that we were not gonna solve climate change unless we dealt with our own fucked up shit. And so then we realized We're fine, we're off the radio, everybody. We're fine. Sorry. And then humans realize they're like, dang, in order, in order to really solve the problems of facing human species, we need to evolve as human species. So we need to let go of this medieval belief, which is really a belief that someone is superior because of melanin. It's not even scientific. It's, it's just a construct. 
And so in my, in my writing, I was talking about how in the future, um, people realized just how bad of a mental, we had an epidemic of mental illness that was called racism. And so these clinics started popping up all over that were especially for white people to unlearn their racism because we had to evolve into our next, the, the next kind of uh, manifestation of the species we're gonna become, right? Because we then had to take on climate change. And we realized that you, if you're not evolving, then you're part of the problem, which was the old world order. And the new world order is that race is not even relevant anymore because we are now about the, fu the future of humanity on Earth. And so I was thinking, like, that's see, an this amazing is, TV right, show. Yeah, right. Like, and like, <laughs> even just imagine, you know, like we're right at the at the turn, and like there's all these clinics popping up, and there's still people who are holding on like addicts to the to the old racism yes, trope. Yes, we are making this but, show. But I'm going to do the soundtrack. Know. You know, it's going to be awesome. I mean, HBO is never going to buy that. Sorry, guys. I, I, actually, I mean, that's I think cool. It's a good is, idea. It, is it called Human Centrality? Mm. Sorry, I just wanted to say centrality again. <laughs> You know, even Stability. like I think, you know, related to this, I do feel like there's a, a desire, like there people want pain-oriented narratives, and especially if people of color, it's all about pain, pain, pain. pain. But what about pleasure-oriented stuff? For just about how we are, I, I feel like we need to kind of shift and think about how do we um, bring these manifest into our culture, the things we want more of in our life. Because it's no wonder there's like a mental health crisis in this country, and it's because they're looking at pain. Like but suffering I mean, it's all the, same the thing time. With, in journalism, though, right? I mean, I think that we the the stories, if it bleeds, it leads, and that's really real, you know. And and we know we we've all been to protests with, but that's you know, not true though. Kitties and doggies. Kitties and doggies is true. They're the most shared thing on the internet. That that's true. Uh, I think if data, data, if there were just hordes of kittens in front of like, you know, I just Black Lives our... Matter protests, like they would have to cover it in an accurate way. I have uh, a question, I have a question. If we're still talking about this for 20 more years, send the meteor, just send it. Yeah, I'm, for real. I'm calling yeah. it, like, we, we can't keep having these conversations for 20 more years and this show wants to take us back 400 years to envision what would have happened. But okay, I'll Come play devil's on. advocate because yeah. uh, I am half white. Oh, <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> you didn't check that on the form we had you submit? Uh, um, no, but but like, it what, could it change minds, you know, since like, you know, the far right is, you know, might, and, and the white supremacist right is like, Oh, I mean, I don't even know what they think. I, I think feel like I just want. I feel like if, if I heard there was a though, show right? called Confederate mm -hmm. that was imagined if the South had won and slavery was still legal, produced by Ava DuVernay, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. oh, I'm in. Okay. I'm all yeah, in. Yeah, I'm yeah. all in. For reals. Mm -hmm. And and Ryan Coogler directing the first episode, I'd be like, all yeah. right, let's yeah. talk about this. Yeah. I think it's because it's not that anybody. Game of Thrones hasn't given us any sense of race politics and what they think about these things. Right. And so I feel like that's why it's like. People are like, what if it's good? It's like, you know, some things you just kids go, I don't, I'm not, that's my thing. Yeah. And it's hard, thing. it is hard. I mean, even Game of Thrones, I have a good friend that works on Game of Thrones and I, and I have to stop watching it because of the sexual violence, personally, because I don't want to see that in front yeah, of me. And I, I think that, I think these are uh, important questions about what we, what we put into right. our minds and our ears and our eyes. And I think, I think there is, in, in some ways, it's easy. I, I'm speaking from a creator's point of view. It is easy. I'm not saying it's easy to make Game of Thrones, but it's easy to do stuff like that and make it entertaining 
what about dreaming? I mean, the future you just dreamed up, that's the most entertaining. I'm like, wait a second, we have to flesh this out. That's always a problem with Game of Thrones. It's like, wait, there are dragons, but they're still raped? Oh, God, you know? like, <laughs> Can't we imagine a mystical world where shit is just better, you know? By the way, these conversations happen in our house all the time, so the girls are fine. Hold on, before we move too far, we're, I'm gonna wrap this up in a second, but my daughter Juno, because she, we believe in equality in our house, wants to speak through the microphone too. I want to have my daddy's book. So she's promoting my book, everybody. I didn't make her do that. Before, before we go tonight, there's somebody, I saw somebody in the audience I want to say hello to. Uh, the show, this show, Come Out Right Now, is all about different conversations. It's work I do in a lot of ways. And this person was on United States of America talking to me. Sir, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Stand up, sir. You must. John Parkin, who we're going to hold hands and we're going to do it like we're running for office. John Parkin was in the Should I Buy a Gun episode of United States of America. Uh, uh, this man, I, this man, despite Googling me, allowed me to come into his gun shop and talk to him about gun ownership in America. And it was, was, I just wanted to, you can speak for yourself, but a very reasonable, well thought out advocate for what he believes that I really appreciated in that show. So I just want to say that to you right here. Give it up for John, everybody. who was using our hashtag on Twitter because we are trending in both Berkeley and Oakland. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, everybody. That's been our show. Get over, come out right now. Give it up for Fabiana Rodriguez, Meryl Garbus, Francesca Fiorentini, and Tunyana and Patronics, and Tune Yards, and the Come Out Right Now team, and the Guru Matt Martin. Everybody, thank you. Max Jacobs, producer, Maya Janelle, Jeremy Dalmas, Becca Hoekstra, Good night, everybody. And my kids, thank you for not taking pictures. All right, another Come Out Right Now is in the books. I want to thank our guests once again, Fabiana Rodriguez, Francesca Fiorentini, and Meryl Garbus. The Come Out Right Now team is James Rollins, Andrew Farron, Dan Brandon, Maya Janelle, Jeremy Dalmas, Becca Hookstra, Phil Circus, Max Jacobs, and Matt Martin. Music tonight by Natronics. Come Out Right Now is a production of KALW. You can find all the info about tickets to upcoming shows at KALW.org. Catch you next time. Sometimes I want to go back, sometimes I want to go back.